You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in, a fresh week and the first of the 2021 Locked On Syracuse podcast. Hope everyone had a happy new year, Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard. Maybe your new year's resolution was to start listening to some more podcasts. So if you're new here, check out the show on Twitter and give us a subscribe as well at LO underscore Syracuse. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you will get 20% off your next order. Tim, not the way we wanted to start the new year with the, the news that happened over the weekend, the passing of Floyd Little after his battle with cancer. He was obviously uh, an icon in the Syracuse community, so we'll get to some Floyd stuff in just a little bit. And then also Syracuse basketball announced that they are rescheduling one of their games. They're going to move that pit game that was scheduled later on in the season up and play it this week. It was looking like Syracuse wasn't going to play Florida State because of a positive test out at FSU, but instead they're going to take on the Panthers uh, earlier in the week. So, But let's start with Floyd Little because this is obviously the news that dominated everything that happened over the weekend, and it's not the way you want to ring in the new year. I mean, we, we talk about 2020 as being the year of evils, it felt like, that entire year, and then this is the news that Orange fans are hitting the face with to open up 2021. Yeah, it's a huge bummer, and... I mean, everything you hear about Floyd Little is just incredibly positive, rave reviews, and I don't think that's just because of the type of player he was on the football field. You you just hear nothing but positive stories about him, and honestly, I mean, I'll just speak for myself, like, I I never got to watch the guy play, because we're from a different generation, where I didn't didn't even get to... Yeah, we could combine our ages, and we wouldn't have been able to to watch the guy play outside of YouTube, or something like that. Right, so some people might be like, oh, these guys don't really know Floyd Little, and I would agree, like, yes, that's, I'm bummed out that I never got to watch the guy play, but the fact that I knew about his legacy as much as I did, just from going to Syracuse, and then also the fact that just we knew about the type of person he was off the field, even though we're whatever, 60 years younger, I don't know, like 50 years younger than him, whatever the total is, it's amazing that his legacy has kind of defied generations that much. And I felt like really sad when I heard the news, just because I know how much he sort of stands for and represents Syracuse University. You know, the crazy thing is, is every time, especially when there are really good people, that die you always hear oh they were a hall of famer on the field and a hall of fame person and obviously that's the the phrase that that's been thrown around with floyd little but i think hall of fame person doesn't even do him justice like this is dude is on the mount rushmore of people people and when you think about i mean everyone in the community just loved this dude yeah. it, it got me thinking like is he the most beloved syracuse athlete of all time and I mean, I, I don't want to put this up for for a debate on a on an obituary episode, but like, you look at all the people that have talked about the way that Floyd touched their lives and and just the things that he did on and off the field. It, it was amazing that like this guy is really more than a Hall of Fame person. And I never got to really meet the guy. I, I ran into him a couple of times, and it, I, I listen. I I never had a conversation with him. So I don't know, 
but I know the way that he interacted. I you feel saw like him from he a knows distance. Though. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I saw the way he interacted with people from a distance, and for me, that's all I needed to do to glean what kind of person he was. He was always taking time out of his day to take pictures with people, to sign autographs, to just have a conversation with people. I mean, you're talking to uh, an NFL Hall of Famer, (laughs) college football Hall of Famer, one of the icons of the sport, and he kind of wandered around like he was the the backup long snapper, it felt like at times. Yeah, there's this great tribute that Qs.com has done in Syracuse Athletics, where if you go to their website, there's all these awesome videos that they have published of a lot of people that have been in his circles and a lot of the famous people tied to the Syracuse School and Athletics right now. Jim Beheim has about three or four minute video of him sharing his thoughts about Floyd Little, Dino Babers, Kent Sibrood, whoever you could think of, they're there. And there's 15 or 20 of these clips, and I was sort of sifting through them the other day watching them. And one stood out to me, well, a couple of them did, but Coach Q is on there as one of the clips, and he had a great way of putting it. He said Floyd was a jag, which I didn't really understand where he was going at first, like what that means, but he he meant it as an abbreviation for just another guy. But he said something like, Floyd's a jag in the best way possible, which was a very Coach Q right, like way. Usually that's a, an insult. If yeah. you're talking about a player or something, it's jag. Like, oh, he's just like the the average guy that plays quarterback or the average guy that plays point guard for you like he's a very replaceable person but no I get what you're saying though yeah and it was such a coach Q way to phrase it and I, I just got a sort of a chuckle out of it because that's the sort of sentiment that we got when we had Justin Knight on the show and that's someone that I think we're going to play some of his thoughts in a little bit because that was really unique to get his perspective on that and he was also one of these guys on the Qs.com videos that I'd encourage people to check out. But it's just like Justin didn't even know that he was a Hall of Famer in two in pro right. and in college. Didn't even know he was a football player. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he it's was just like, jacked. here, I'll, let's just play it for, for everyone. So we had Justin Knight on the show. This was back in, I want to say like May or April, but it was shortly after Floyd Little had been diagnosed with his cancer. And or at least the news had gone public that he had been diagnosed with cancer. And Justin Knight was sharing just the way that his relationship formed and the bond that he built with Floyd Little. When I was a freshman, I used to kind of go in, into Manly and Floyd worked there and he had his own office and he was just so nice to me. Me and him actually became really, really good friends. And I would just go hang out in his office and talk about adjusting to school and like I had my own problems as a freshman and the whole dorm situation and stuff and he was telling me about stories of his day and how to kind of overcome that and how to stay motivated on the track and stuff like that I would just always go into his office and I'd like have my feet up on his desk and we would just talk for like (laughs) 30 minutes 45 minutes and then I'd have to go to class I remember one day like I was midway through my freshman year and I was just talking to Floyd just sitting in his office with my feet up and out of nowhere, he was just like, hey, Justin, you want to see my Super Bowl ring? And I was just like, Super Bowl ring? Because at, at this point in time, I feel really bad saying this, but I didn't have any idea about the 44 legacy. I didn't know he was a, even a football player. And I was like, Super Bowl ring? And I was like, Floyd, you're lying. You're lying. And he's like, no, I got a Super Bowl ring. And then he showed it to me. 
And then he gave me a bunch of signed cards and then he he gave me a signed bobblehead. And um, I really cherish that. And like just getting to know Floyd as a person and how much he helped me out into growing into a young man. I'm just really thankful just to even be able to call him a friend and just eventually finding out who he was and all that he's accomplished in his life. That memorabilia means so much to me. And I think like it goes to show like with Floyd and I don't know if you ever had a chance to meet him or I don't know if you know about him, but he is such a humble guy. Like how could I have possibly gone through like almost all of my freshman year and not known that this guy played football? He just would not talk about himself too much and not like brag about himself, but he was just a remarkable person. And um, I was just really thankful to get a chance to know him and for him to give me like those cards and the bobblehead, like that was a big deal for me and I still have it to this day. So that was really nice of him. Hey, can you believe it? The NFL regular season is already over, but guess what? That just means the best gambling time of the year is around the corner. That's right. It's the NFL playoffs. You've got the college football championship as well, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust to get in on all the action. That is betonline.ag. Go sign up for an account today. It's a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code locked on all one word and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Again, locked on at betonline.ag. You put in $100, they'll give you 50 dollars for free just for signing up. We've got the NFL playoffs now because the, the regular season's over, the field is set. So what are you waiting for at this point? So many games, so much action to be had, whether you like the NFL, the NBA, college football, college basketball, there's plenty of Syracuse lines for you as well. So get in on all of that right now. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Don't forget to use that promo code as well, Locked On, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Go to betonline.ag and use our promo code Locked On, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So I think that's some powerful stuff there when you just think about, I mean, Justin was a guy who was trying to find his way at the school, and then there is a NFL and college football Hall of Famer, a guy with the 44 legacy, and he just never acted that way. He never acted like he had this gold jacket. He never acted like he had all of these rings, like a Super Bowl ring. He never acted that way. He acted like he was uh, someone who was hired to help out with athletes that didn't necessarily have a background in, in playing sports, just had a background in, in working with kids and stuff like that. It, and another word that comes to mind and a word that was used a lot in these videos that were published on Qs.com was just positive and positivity. And it feels like anytime I saw Floyd Little, whether it was ESPN cut to him on the sideline whether it was the couple times that I happened to get a glance at him in person, either at a Syracuse game or seeing him around the Syracuse athletic facilities, the guy had a smile on his face. Like I, I oh, can't... all the time. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because I my phone comes up with those memories. You know how like your photos they'll come up with the memories from things that happened two years ago or three years ago yeah. or one year ago. So I got that on. It must have been December twenty eighth because it was a video from the Camping World Bowl. And I had taken a video of Floyd Little. Maybe I'll tweet this out for everyone. But I had taken a video of Floyd Little like pumping up the crowd at this game. And I mean, the the smile is just electrifying. Right. It's what defined him. And it, it's 
to see that stumble up in my feed literally days before he passed, it was kind of, kind of took me aback and it reminded me that, wow, like I totally forgot this guy was, was battling cancer. And then of course you see the news that he passed and it's just like, you, you can feel his smile through the camera, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it, it's just, it was his trait. It, the smile lit up a room. His personality lit up a room. I mean, talk about the consummate people person. It was Floyd Little. Exactly. We've, we've spent now, whatever, 10 minutes talking about him here. And we really haven't referenced his accolades on the field a ton. And I get it. A lot of that is, you know, we if you're listening to this podcast, you know how good of a football player he was. And you know the history there and the number 44 and what he stood for at Syracuse. And then when he went to the Denver Broncos. But doesn't that say a lot about him? And again, we're from a different generation. I didn't get the pleasure of meeting him. But it feels like I did meet the guy. And the fact that we've spent the entire podcast so far just talking about him off the field is a testament to the type of person and the type of character that he had. And really, that's that's the unfortunate part about this whole situation is it just feels like that's what everyone's takeaway was from him. And it gets said a lot, like you said earlier, Hall of Fame on the, off the field, Hall of Fame on the field. It feels like sometimes a cliche, but this isn't a cliche. This is just anyone you talk to that knows the guy, anyone that you see talking about him, they all jump to the same thing, which is him off the field, just him as a regular guy was one of the best guys they've ever been around. And you got to remember this too, when he was playing with Denver and I went through and was doing some research, like this was a guy who like when he was drafted by Denver, there was talks that they were going to move the franchise and Floyd kind of became such an infectious personality, such obviously he was a fantastic player, but we may not be talking about the Denver Broncos right now. We may be talking about a team that is playing in a completely different part of the country right now if it weren't for Floyd Little coming in. And, I mean, some people attribute him to possibly saving the Denver franchise before they, they moved. And he ends up getting into the Hall of Fame. And that's another thing is he didn't know if he was going to get into the Hall of Fame. It seemed like at a certain point for him, he he was like, I don't think I'm getting in at this point because he, he played in the, the 70s and the early 80s but he didn't get into the Hall of Fame until 2010. And it was one of those things, like he waited it out, he waited it out. And I mean, fortunately for him, and obviously well-deserved, he got into the Hall of Fame as a as an NFLer. And this is a guy who, I mean, yeah, you're right. We, we've literally gone 10 minutes and, and we <laughs> haven't even talked about a single on-field achievement. Like that's just how, that's the person he was. And I think those are... Like, like everyone wants to say, like, I want to be remembered for what I did off the field more than what I did on the field. Like, your legacy goes beyond football, beyond basketball, beyond athletics. And I think that is the the ultimate compliment we can pay to a guy like Floyd Little is by we literally did not talk about a single thing he did on the field for, for the bulk right. of this, this show so far. And I went back and watched some of his highlights. I mean, a totally electrifying player. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Right. They they played against Kansas and and that's a Kansas team that had Gale Sayers. Yeah. And what was it? The Kansas coach said that Floyd was the best player he had ever seen and he's got Gale Sayers to hand the ball off to every single play if he wants to. So like that just shows how how amazing this dude was and again, he almost didn't come to Syracuse either. Like yeah. that's another thing. He had that he turned down General Douglas MacArthur. Like how many people can say they have rejected an order from from Douglas MacArthur? That, that, that to me is 
is another thing in and of itself because he had a, a chance to go play at, at a service academy, but he wanted to honor uh, a promise to, that he made to Ernie Davis to go play for Syracuse after Ernie Davis lost his life uh, well, well too early as well. So it, it's just one of those things where he, he was a loyal guy. He was a, a great friend to many and just the legacy that he he gave off the the field is definitely like he's a Hall of Famer, but it's what he did off the field that I feel like everyone is remembering now more than what he did on the field, which is amazing because of the caliber of player he was. He touched a lot of people, and there were a lot of stories that were going around, and I'm sure people will continue to share them. And it was a really sad day, but it's amazing to see how many people he has touched, and what an awesome life that he lived, both in his football playing days and then especially like you were saying, after he retired and moved on to to helping out Syracuse Athletics and just all the different stuff that he did to represent the university, which the way that GoFundMe took off is another example. Let me go on and on, but just a a really sad day, a sad sort of time right now. But overall, I I think just an amazing life lived and, and really a testament to him that we've spent this whole time talking about his off the field accomplishments. Right. And hopefully I'm I'm hoping that we can maybe have Justin Knight on later on in the week to talk about Floyd because he knew him so well. He was a mentor. He even think I think he is quoted as saying he was like an uncle to him because of how close they got at Syracuse. Uh, I just want to uh, before we get into some basketball stuff here, there's I, I remember seeing this. I can't remember if it was a tweet or a message board thing or whatever. The people were talking about Floyd Little and this was. After he had been diagnosed with cancer, I saw this post, but it was before he died. Um, but someone said, yeah, we they won some raffle. This is a Syracuse fan. They won some raffle, and the prize was to meet Floyd Little. And it was like, well, I don't even feel like I won a prize because he's literally the friendliest guy. You can meet Floyd Little anytime <laughs> you want if you just go to a Syracuse football game. Like That's part of the price of admission is you essentially got to meet Floyd Little if you wanted to because he was just the most endearing guy. If you loved Syracuse football, it felt like he loved you. And it, like that's that's the thing is that's how active he was in the community, how much of a commitment he made to Syracuse fans and the fans that really didn't even watch him for the most part. I mean, a lot of those people are, are no longer with us or, or stuff like that. So a lot of these people that are remembering him really know him for the person he was more so than the player. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's so. an unreal legacy that he is leaving. We're we're a lot younger than him, and we'll be telling our kids about him, and then our kids will be telling their kids. Like, it's it's that type of individual, and that's why I think – you know, we had to give this a lot of time here because this is a guy that represents Syracuse to its core. And it was a really, really sad news when it came across. Yeah, tons of people reaching out on social media. You saw, I mean, even like Joe Biden, the next president of the yeah, United that States, was Joe neat. Biden is out there because they were classmates when when Biden was at Syracuse. Obviously, you saw Bayheim, Tom Coughlin, Dino Babers. And then, of course, the the entire NFL fraternity, it felt like, was reaching out. Even like Leonard Fournette. He said that Leonard Fournette tweeted a picture of the two of them and how he gave him some advice that literally changed his life too. So it's amazing the the amount of lives he touched and so few of them have seen him actually play on the field. I mean, God bless YouTube, man, because if you are under the age of people who have seen Floyd Little play, just go go to YouTube, do yourself a favor and check out some of his highlights there because he, he was a heck of a heck of a football player. All right, so rest in peace, Floyd Little. Our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. 
obviously not the way you want to ring in 2021, but uh, definitely something that will be remembered forever, his legacy at Syracuse and, and really across the, the football world and, and really the entire country too. So uh, coming up next, we've got some basketball stuff to get to because Hoops is, is rescheduling games, they're reshuffling and Listen, it's time to to get this train moving because Syracuse has not played a game in what feels like ages. So we'll talk about what does Syracuse need to do to make sure they are getting the schedule underway. And another ACC coach had some interesting comments to make about scheduling in this conference for the rest of the season. We'll tell you all about that coming up next. Before we do that, let's talk about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the marketplace and my personal favorite protein bar out there. They come in 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They've got six new ones to boot as well. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. These flavors, they might sound kind of weird on paper, but I'm telling you guys, you got to try them out because they just have a great way of combining these and making them very flavorful for a protein bar. The most flavorful protein bar I have ever tasted and the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and they're good for you. On top of all of that, you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. So go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use our promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Before we do get into the basketball stuff here, some football news we wanted to pass along as well. Uh, I'm not sure. I just feel like this kind of went under the radar, but Justin Lustig, one of the Syracuse special teams coordinators, and I believe he was also an associate head coach with the Orange, but he has agreed to take a job as the special teams coordinator at Vanderbilt. This was a guy who was pretty impactful in recruiting as well, but he will be joining up with Clark Lee, who a lot of people will remember his time working with the defense at Syracuse, and then he, of course, goes on to Notre Dame, becomes the DC at Notre Dame, and now the head coach at Vanderbilt. So that could be somewhat of an impact loss for Syracuse because this is a team that's had one of the most dynamic special teams in the country the last couple of years. Yeah, it's a, it's a really tough loss, and props to him because that's a guy who was a Broyles Award nominee when they had that great year, the Camping World Bowl season in 2018, which, for those that don't know, that's given to the top assistant coach. I now, Steve Sarkeesian, I think, is in line to win it if he hasn't already this year, who is obviously going on to Texas, as we learned this weekend. But really tough loss, a guy that came over for Ball State. And, I mean, Syracuse has been special teams you kind of in a joking manner, but they've been really, really good special teams-wise. So we'll see how they fill that. That was one of those situations where it's kind of like, ah, that stinks for Syracuse. But also, you got to give props to him, and it's very well-deserved and makes total sense that he'd be ready to kind of make a move in his career, which, I mean, Vanderbilt is not the cream of the crop in the SEC, but it is the SEC, and it's better weather, and there's a lot to like there. I mean, Nashville's the spot these days, right? I mean, who doesn't want to live in Nashville these days? All right, so let's get into some basketball stuff here, because Syracuse will be taking on Florida State. That game scheduled for Wednesday, and they were supposed to play Florida State. Instead, they're going to be playing Pitt on Wednesday instead that game also going to be moved up to 4 30 eastern time I think what it was supposed to be a seven o'clock tip so yeah they're shuffling that time up as well at the carrier dome and 
It's uh, it's starting to feel like forever since Syracuse last played. I mean, you look at all the games and cancellations that have happened, and the last game they played was against Buffalo before Christmas, and, and everything's been on pause since then. But I, I was listening to Notre Dame's game on the radio the other day, and Mike Bray does his pregame interview with Jack Nolan, Voice of the Irish, and he was talking about how early in the this whole season – so the NCAA said to be eligible for the tournament, you needed to play 13 games. And at the beginning of the season, 13 games sounds like nothing, right? It sounds like absolutely nothing. That should be a breeze to get through. It's, we're starting to learn that it's becoming more and more difficult. And it's not just Syracuse that's battling this. Frankly, it's a lot of ACC schools that are grappling with this right now. Obviously, Pitt is another team who's coming off a pause. Um... Florida State's been on a pause, and then of course Duke is, has been triggered to have some pauses. Carolina, every so school. all of these teams, <laughs> everyone's being affected by it pretty much. And Mike Bray said something interesting, to and he said that we just need to play the games, and I hope that coaches start to put aside the competitive advantage aspect. To me, that really stood out, and when I heard that, I was thinking. How are we going to, like, this is a very complex thing of rescheduling these games once everything's in place. Because are we going to have to start playing three games in a week? Are we going to have to start seeing some teams take trips that, that maybe they weren't anticipating? I mean, Notre Dame went to Chapel Hill to go play that game on, uh, what, a two, three days notice? So yeah. I, I think he's totally right. Like, we're going to have to start a, as a conference putting aside these quote-unquote competitive advantages because we just got to get these games in. That, this, that's yeah. where we're at right now. The, the schedule, as we know it, is going to be just chopped up and look completely different because even you think about this Pittsburgh team coming into the Dome now, well, they're scheduled to come to the Dome on February 13th. So now what happens there is you've got an open date to maybe fill in that UNC game on the road or fill in that Notre Dame game that you missed. I mean, they missed three games. Or you schedule a different team for a, a, an extra game. Right. And, like, they, they missed three games. And as far as we know, there were no positive tests within the Syracuse organization. Now, I don't know if there's any way for us to officially know that, given that they weren't releasing the information uh, based on what I gathered over the holiday stretch and everything. But at the time, it felt sort of ridiculous, and it still just feels really tough to kind of recover from that it's it's really tough especially when it's all conference games that you I'm sort of surprised they haven't announced anything about rescheduling UNC rescheduling Notre Dame rescheduling that wake game that they lost in late December because you gotta do that now I mean as much as you can and I get that it's almost foolish because then maybe when that date rolls around in February you might be in another pause or the other school might be in a pause so that's just the nature of it I think they will get to 13 games like most schools will, and, and that seems feasible given Syracuse has already played seven games so far. They have an eighth lined up here, and we'll see if that gets according to plan. The good news about Pitt, they're also coming off a pause, and they're a team Syracuse should beat. So if you're factoring in how does this affect Syracuse's record and the level of competition and what's it going to mean for an advantage-disadvantage, this is pretty much a dream scenario given that it's a home game. It's against a team they should beat already, and they're also coming off a pause. Right. So Syracuse hasn't played since December 19th. Pitt hasn't played since December 22nd. And Pitt had the positive within their program, too, or also worth noting. I think, too, 
when you look at you want to just get these games in if for no other reason it, again if this becomes a, a schedule shuffling but if for no other reason just to put some open dates in your bank i mean that feels like such a valuable currency right now because who knows maybe when that that february 13th date pops up let's say uh let's say i don't know let's say louisville or or georgia tech or someone they have a a pause or or they're not on pause but their opponents on pause and all of a sudden that's a match made in heaven with that date because you can you can schedule those games and just having these open dates i feel like is is one of those things that's going to help all of these programs you just want to try to shuffle these schedule again i get that this is playing a giant messy game of tetris right now but you just got to fit these schedules in however you can absolutely it's it's going to be weird to track it's going to make it tough for us to release our previews and i'm sure we're going to have times where Heck, we might record our Pittsburgh preview this week and then find out the game has been put postponed or whatever. I, I really well, thanks for jinxing it. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we just yeah. I really hope that's not the case because I know you kind of alluded to this earlier, but it does feel like ages since they played a game. I, I almost don't even remember what was going on the last time they played, and I don't know if it was because we were doing our year in review stuff and it just wasn't really top of mind, but. Man, it feels a while ago. I, I really miss Syracuse basketball. It it kind of shows you that. When you go two, three weeks without it, it, it can, you take it for granted just having those games, and they were off to a pretty clean start in terms of pauses. I know they did have the the news right before the season about Jim Beheim testing positive, but by all accounts, they've gotten in games, and now you just hit this long low of a break when they were kind of clicking. But I do like that it's Pittsburgh because I was scared, honestly, if they had to go into UNC or if they had to play Florida State off of a pause – and I know you can make a case that getting UNC now would be better than maybe getting them later in the season, and that that's a valid one. But also Pitt, we'll get into a preview on them, and hopefully, like I said, we won't have to <laughs> re-record or something. But Justin Champagny's hurt for them right now, and he's been everything right. for them this that's year. So that's big a big loss. loss for them. Yeah. Right. Again, you, you don't root for injury, but if there's someone that you don't want to face on that team, it's definitely justin champagne when you're looking at that team because again we've talked about how quincy garrier has been super improved listen the most improved player in the acc has been justin champagne so for as good as you think that quincy garrier has been there's a guy playing for Pitt who's been that and better so we're gonna get into that we're also let, let's tomorrow on the show because barama sadibe may be playing in this game yeah and we know how he <laughs> likes to feast on Pitt. so we'll get into True. what sadibe's return could mean for this team moving forward, how the lineups and all that stuff shuffle out and everything. So we will do that on tomorrow's show. Also, be sure to check out Locked On Bets because guess what? 2020, mercifully over. Time for a fresh start and a few more wins. And if you're betting this year and want more wins, the best way to do it is by listening to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, college football, NFL, NBA, they've got locks, and they've got them all winter long. So subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. It's just a quick-hitting little 15-, 20-minute episode in the morning that'll get you everything. It's it's your perfect primer for the gambling day. So be sure to check them out. Tim and I will be back tomorrow talking all things Barama Sidibe. So for Tim, I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.